Hi everyone, it's Hannah. And Holly, and we're just here to say that um, if you are enjoying the show and you want to show us some support, we now have a Patreon, um, which will be linked in the description. So head on over there. We've got very exciting things coming, uh, including Celebrity Corner and Bad Book Club. So if that's something you'd like to hear more about, go check it out. And thank you for your enduring support. We love you. Enjoy the podcast. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Culture Hang with me, Hannah. And me, Holly. We talk about popular culture and we hang out and we have lots of fun. We have all of the social medias which you can follow us on. We have a Patreon if you have some spare change hanging around. And (laughs) if you like what you hear today, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. Yes, please. Yeah, that'd be good. Um... So, we usually like to start with some popular culture from the week, and I feel like we should just get right into it. There's a lot to discuss yeah, again. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We were left sparse, and now the universe is just providing with abundance. There's a lot um, going on. Yeah. There's every, every which way, yeah. and I feel like more's going to come, and I'm excited about it. Um, so, a little follow-up after Drake's uh, about Drake's album. He released it. And uh, people have some issue with some of the lyrics that um, Mr. Drake has written. Um, one of the lyrics is, Baby, are you a lesbian? Because me too. <sighs> okay, Drake. Right. And the other thing uh, is that he lists R. Kelly, um, the abusive child rapist, mm. uh, as a writing credit. So R. Kelly will forever and always receive royalties on one of the songs. That's disgusting. Well, I mean, it's better. Isn't it's that horrid. great? Yeah, no, that's not good. Uh, not a big fan of that. Um, Hate it. Yeah, yep. don't love that. No, yeah, Drake. I'm kind of disappointed. Do better. Um, I don't know if you saw from the. Was it the Venice Film Festival? Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was. There was a video circulating of Oscar Isaacs yep. and Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Um, where they kind of hug. Because they're in a like, yeah, and then she's got his, he, her like arm on her, his shoulder. Yeah, and then he brings his arm like to stroke the back of her arm, like sensually. Yeah, I think we can call it as he is like staring with her with at her with such a passion, and <laughs> and then he like kisses her arm as well. Yeah. Which my thought in the arm kisses. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. I would be really warm and probably sweaty and i was very aware of that thinking i don't think if i was jessica chastain very different story but obviously she's very classy so that's fine yeah but she is red-headed and we don't handle yes maybe hot she and sweaty places as well so she was probably sweating yeah, like sure. buckets For god's sake it's boiling and now oscar isaac's like <laughs> grabbing my arm um I will say, I think they probably just have a very nice friendship, and I hope that's all it is. But if I was either of their spouses, I would feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's for press, and it probably is. Yeah. Um, I think they actually are like friends for a long time, so maybe they just have a friendship like that. But I do think I'd be uncomfortable. It, it was very oh, yeah. intimate as a moment. <laughs> it didn't seem like it should be shared with us all it seemed like no. that should have been safe for later oscar um <laughs> not helpful yeah. not for public consumption i swear like stuff's going down at venice film festival like there is stuff in the water maybe it's just making people act a bit chaotic uh <laughs> but they're they're two very attractive people what 
what do you expect of them they don't have willpower <laughs> that's, that's yeah what do you expect yeah. them to do um a little trisha patis update because you know we can't have a week without talking about them um rumors that moses was cheating on trish uh circulated after a picture of him and another woman emerged and this woman is like in the most gothic black dress i have ever seen i think she's got like black hair and they are just walking they are just walking i don't think this is the most solid evidence for moses being terrible i think there is better evidence and i believe it but i just don't see this but what was interesting is there was a clip of trisha at starbucks had you seen this and the starbucks barista is saying to them oh i saw you at i'm like a certain place in hollywood the other day uh and you had a black wig on (gasps) and they were like oh my god they were like really um, was i uh so that's oh, no. a little suspicious uh i'm interested maybe they to are see... maybe they are just like i want to wear a black wig although moses came out and said this is one of my best yeah, friends exactly. and they're invited to the wedding so it's not like um it might not be trish in a wig <laughs> no i but think the point suspicious? is that it's like maybe they have been other places and people are just at a yeah. glance seeing moses and then being like oh that must Who's be trish that? yeah but it's it's not so it's, not. it's a little bit more evidence that there could be something going on but there's much better evidence i think for other things yeah with moses and it's the ex-girlfriends coming out on instagram and being yeah. like yeah he cheated on me and the the girl Damn. in her 20s like young, like early 20s who dated mm. him when he was in his 40s and Ugh. it's just the fact that trisha had consistently spoken about i don't think you know 40 year old men should be dating girls below the age of 25 that's something they've said a lot it does seem a little hypocritical Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't even acknowledge that there's a bit of a double standard there but there's also sexual assault allegations now against moses Mm. uh and it just seems to be getting worse. There was also a big video, I think it's like an hour and a half long video that came out this week by, I think it's a YouTube channel called Mysterious. Okay. And they have kind of collected a lot of evidence that suggests Trisha has been lying about some serious allegations in the past. Mm. I don't know what to think about that. You can give that a watch if you want to. I gave it a bit of a watch. There does seem to be some evidence that seems a bit suspicious from on Trisha's part. But it's up to you to decide how you feel about that, I think. Hmm. So Oof. it's just it's just like obviously because it's a spectacle, they're gonna barrel forward with mm-hmm. the wedding no matter what. But it doesn't seem like it's I... the healthy thing to do for people. <laughs> I think oh. that the wedding they're maybe getting paid by some news outlets or yeah. like a magazine. It'll be a Tanamojo yeah. Jake Paul situation so, just with older people. Because there was there's a clip of Trisha at one point, I think it's on H3, saying that they are trying to talk less about like sexual things they've done in the past because um. someone wants to film the wedding and they want to kind of clean up their act a bit. 
So they had an OnlyFans. They probably still have an OnlyFans. They, they do, and that's fine. <laughs> and like that yeah. shouldn't impact their career. But no. So I think the wedding will go ahead. Yeah. But it's got. I feel like it's going to get increasingly messy for the next month or so. Oh yeah. Like I feel like it's. We're just going to be wading through the debris now. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And it's not going to get better. Mm. Um. CBS have announced that they're uh, creating a new game show called The Activist, um, where six activists are pitted against each other in terms of, you know, how big is their impact, mm-hmm. how good is their message. Um, and the one of the measuring things they're doing for it is how much engagement it has on social media, which... I think is evil because we have yeah. all been talking about like performative activism yeah. and how people equate the activism that you like spreading awareness on social media yeah. with like some people think that's just like the end of the road like yeah. you don't have to impact anything else which is so it's wrong to be like one of the things that you'll get bumped off for is because if something doesn't engage one well on social media it's ridiculous also hate the people why why have they got these people to judge so it's Usher Priyanka Chopra. Yeah, Chopra Jonas and Julianne Hugh Ho? Hugh so Hugh, Julianne Hugh, the big problem there is, <laughs> don't know why they've put her on as a judge, because literally a couple of years ago she did blackface for Halloween. No. Yes. So why why'd she get the job? Why? Like it's a it's the mm. premise is bad altogether. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. But why? Why? Hmm? You picked like <laughs> A lot of people have an issue with Priyanka as well. That's a whole yeah. different issue. I don't think we really have time to go into it. There's a lot of stuff that's happened there. Uh, did you say Usher? Yeah. I don't really know how people feel about Usher. I don't know anything going on there. So maybe he's a great choice. Uh, but overall, the premise is ridiculous. I yep. think Jamila Jamil maybe t- tweeted saying why. Because at the end, you win like money going to your cause or something. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, why don't you, instead of putting the money into this TV show, just give just the money you are paying for this TV show to these, like, causes? Because yeah. the thing is, I think, I can't remember the exact number that they get to go to their cause, but it will be a teeny tiny percentage mm. of the money it costs to hire those three hosts or judges. Yeah. yeah, how much are they getting paid? The cast and crew. Yeah, it won't be a charity thing. They're getting paid. The cast and crew, the lights, the cameras, the setting, yeah. like... All of that stuff, food for people, mm-hmm. everything, it's going to cost millions. Yeah. So if you have those millions lying around, because no one's watching this, no one's going to want to watch that. <laughs> that sounds, even if you could, even if you could step away from the issues of it, like it seeming like performative activism and all that, even if you mm-hmm. stepped away from that, does that sound like a good show? No. No. It sounds boring. And it sounds mean. Yeah, as it sounds well. mean. It's like, like, oh yeah, you've not got enough followers. Raise awareness for my cause. Yeah. yeah, and then it's just like, oh, actually, well, we don't care about the whales this week because you haven't uh, got enough social media engagement. So, bye bye. And then, yeah, it's just a recipe for disaster. And I've saved the best to last. The John Mulaney and Anna Marie Tendler and Olivia Munn saga is continuing because Olivia Munn is pregnant. And we we like weeks ago. Maybe it was months ago now. We said, oh, there's rumours Olivia Munn is pregnant. Literally in this segment of the podcast. So I'm guessing she's six months pregnant. 
She looks six months pregnant. Yeah, People I mean, are she's a about small the size of the bump. She's a small person, so she's not going to have yeah. a massive bump. She looks six months. Absolutely. Um, there has to uh, and like people people have been saying well it's not your life okay yes but they're celebrities they're celebrities and john mulaney made jokes about his wife and yeah. them not having children and being very and content not wanting, not wanting children then he yeah. goes to rehab and like he can do what he wants at the end of the day don't care but he comes yeah, out yeah. of rehab one of the things you kind of suggested to do after rehab is not make any major life decisions for a bit because if some first year yeah if something was to go wrong <laughs> mm-hmm. you're gonna spiral again it, it's yeah. very difficult it just seems bizarre. I think there has to have been some overlap, but the thing that worries me most is the massive life changes and decisions yeah. so soon after rehab. It seems a little bit ir- irresponsible. And you know what? Maybe this is going to be the best thing for him, but yeah, from an outsider's perspective, it doesn't seem great. It seems like, like you're watching a train wreck, isn't it? A yeah. little bit. That you think... And I kind of get it, like, because she's... Olivia Munn's 40, so maybe she was like, I've never had a baby before. Yeah. This is my time mm. to have a baby. Like, I want to keep it. Yeah. And they had an affair, and she's like, well, I'm going to keep it. And, and she's, she's kind of very Christian. religious, yeah. So maybe yeah, she's... Yeah, so she... I mean, she didn't stop her sleeping with other married men. So but it might stop that. her getting an abortion, because that's the sort of uh, rationale people <laughs> who are <laughs> against abortions have. Yeah. So... I'm not it just also, feels like too much, yeah. I think. And also, if, yeah, he's just come out of rehab. Yeah. This is all still very, very shaky grounds. Just had a, a divorce as well, which is massive. I know. And people say, like, well, it could have just been finalised in May. We don't know if it was like they actually separated sooner. But still, it's all happened. Very I think it's fast. just happening way, 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 way too quickly. And she is not four months pregnant. She is six months pregnant. Yeah. And I, I do want to say, I'm not... I'm not shaming Olivia Munn. It's not, no. you know, she didn't marry someone and break that up. She's just not a nice person. I think it's yeah. just come at a bad time for her career-wise because if you're on TikTok, you've probably maybe seen the TikToks by the girls that have the um, celebrity book memoir book them. club great. podcast. They are good. Go give them a follow. I really lo- I learned so much from their TikToks. So they're so good <laughs> and their podcast is great. They recently, a couple of weeks ago, did one on Olivia Munn- Munn's memoir, which mm-hmm. was horrific. It was fat phobic. It was pick yep. pick me energy. It and yes, it's probably been ghost written, but she approved that and probably yeah. had like input into it. So a lot of people were just dealing with that information and seeing mm-hmm. Olivia Munn in a bit of a different light. And then this news came out. I think it was a bit of like a two pronged affair. That then we were like, oh, she doesn't seem like a great person. <laughs> She's probably fine. I'm not gonna hate on her for this, but it's it's fishy. Yeah, yeah, it's not right. It's too soon, and all the people that it's just strange the kind of backlash that's happened. Being like, you're being too parasocial about. Uh, yes, like, yes, we but are. They're celebrities. Mm. Why do you think that you can be like, I'll take the moral standpoint by not talking about Jumba Lady, but I'll carry but on talking do, about. Yeah, we do it with literally everyone else. Like, I think people, and I get it, but I think we feel there's some celebrities that you feel very close to and then when people are talking badly about them you want to protect them and it's weird but that's still parasocial you know it it doesn't make you morally superior for not talking about it because i guarantee in your life you've talked about a celebrity's life it just is the way the world works it is messed up 
but it happens, you know. It's where we're at. Yeah. Where we're at. I'm not saying it should, but I also am not hating on myself for having an interest in something that seems a bit bizarre. And he made his set was so much about like yeah, him and his wife. So it felt like, oh, well, who is John Mulaney's wife? And then there's an interest in it because he talks so much about her in his set. So, yeah. you know, there was he made her a figure of interest as well through his set. So it's all happening. And I'm still loving the portraits that um, Anna Marie Tennant She's so talented. <laughs> She's so talented. And it's such like a autumn mood as well, like, because they're all dark. And the one where she looks like Anne Boleyn is oh, incredible. Oh, I saw that this morning. I was like, you love stunning it. woman. Like, I'm not yeah. taking sides on people I don't know, but I am. She's stunning. She's absolutely <laughs> stunning. But yeah, so they were my uh, pop culture moments of the week. This week, <laughs> this week, I basically sacrificed something for this podcast. Oh my God. And that was a big part of my sanity. <laughs> um, because I, again, for this podcast, decided that I should probably give the new Cinderella movie a bit no, of a watch. No, you didn't. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I had God. to do it. I had to be able to comment. I, kn- I know that the people listening to this podcast want to know um, <laughs> what I will say. James Corden's in it. He's not in it that much. Okay. Um, so if you are put off by James Corden, he's not really the main issue of it. In all fairness to him, it's not the worst James Corden thing I've okay. ever seen. Um, in terms of his acting in it. The bit where he has his human head and little mice legs, horrifying. <laughs> Hate it. Don't know why it exists. Um, I don't know why there's so many British comedians in it. Yeah, either, I saw a few people being like, I'm only watching this for James Acaster. I'm like, why is James Acaster? James, James Acaster, Ramesh Ranganathan, uh, Rob Beckett what? and Doc Brown. What? All in this. Doc Brown is probably the best bit about it because he's like a, t- a town crier <laughs> and does all these little freestyle raps. And that's probably the best thing about the film. The worst thing, and no offense to them, probably Cam- Camila Cabello. Mm. Um because the singing just was not st- very was strong. Bad. I don't know why it's bad. I don't know why because I feel like she can sing, but why is why she's is she's a this singer? Bad? This is embarrassing. Um, I don't. But then again, she's not an actor. But her acting was fine, if a bit cringe at yeah. points. Um, the rest of the cast was all right. Like not singing wise, I don't think though. Other than like Adina Menzel, she is a yeah. singer. A lot of them weren't like the strongest singers, but they were all right. Mm. Like it's kind of a good cast. It, it just, the song choices are probably the worst thing. <laughs> I don't know why they picked the songs they did, but they're all bad. And also, it is a musical, but there isn't actually that much music in oh. it, which is also weird. Best thing about it is probably, like, Adina Menzel and the two stepsisters doing Material Girl. That was probably <laughs> all right. Do I recommend it? If you are, like, having a movie night and you want a bit of a jokey film to be able to laugh mm-hmm. at... Yeah, I think it's not a bad idea. I think it would be fun for that sort of situation. I was in shock the whole time. <laughs> I think it was so weird. I don't know how it was made and I don't know why it was made so badly. Yeah. But one of the things I realised when I was watching it is I think it's made by the same people that made Pitch Perfect and I think that makes it make a lot more uh, sense. But like Pitch Perfect wasn't terrible. Started well. Yeah, like the first Pitch Perfect, we liked to hate, but it was good. Yeah. And they went downhill. Uh, this was like it could have been a fourth pitch perfect, Aww. like if they were performing a film 
Mm. So it was disappointing, I will say that. Yeah. It, it had potential, but it, it was bad. And I think we all knew that. But I wanted to double check so I could give a fair <laughs> comment because I know TikTok has been um, showing like the bits of the, the song where they're like, we are apart. Um, and it's the really high pitch bit and it's bad. It is bad, but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not boring. Okay. I'll give it that. Uh, and then my one final thing, which is just quick. So uh, Addison Ray obviously was in her movie debut. He's all that on mm-hmm. Netflix. It wasn't received massively <laughs> well, but it was. I think people had a fair response, being like, "It's fine," yeah. but it's like you can tell that Addison Ray is not really an actor, and also yeah, it's unnecessary. Um, but Netflix didn't really listen to that because Addison Ray's just signed a huge multi-film contract with them. Um, and I think that includes her not just acting in a bunch of films with them, but also directing. Oh, why? Uh, I don't know, but oh. I I would be so angry. Like I, if I had gone to film school, this is the yeah. sort of thing that I would just be absolutely fuming about. Why w- does she get that opportunity? Like that for me is worse than some of the nepotism cases yeah. we talked about last week because she literally doesn't have any experience in acting no. and would have never given it a thought if it hadn't have been to do with her just being on TikTok. Yeah. And now she's done singing, she's done acting and she gets to do directing. And I would find it such an insult if I was trying to make a career for myself. I hate um, it. It's so... And I, we always knew it was about money because of capitalism, but yeah, they're not even disguising it anymore. <laughs> they're not even... You know... Oh, it's just frustrating. That's so annoying that she's been just signed up, red carpet rolled out for her. Because there is no need. Like, they know that all these little tiny children are going to be watching whatever Addison Rae puts out. And yeah. that's that's the drive of it. So it's marketing, it makes sense. But does it mean that for, for the sake of the arts, probably not going to be that great. But if you do want to, if you don't want to watch He's All That, I'd recommend watching um, Trixie and Katia responding to he's all that it's great yeah. i love it i love that um we like to watch they are great i think as well um i don't really blame addison for signing a big no, deal because we've said it before to, we would do it as well if so. yeah i would do it as well like i know that seems hypocritical and people are probably like well you would do it yeah but it's more a thing to do with netflix mm-hmm. like i don't have an issue with addison at all her reaction makes sense yeah Netflix. My beef is with Netflix. Like, stop <laughs> doing this because Netflix is gonna go downhill. Yeah. It already has, and the other like I don't know why they don't know this. The other streaming platforms are starting to do better than them. Mm. So, tea, <laughs> tea towards Netflix. Anyway, what are we doing today? Holly? We are talking about another terrible film. <laughs> yep, I did think that was kind of a good. Transition. It was. It was talking about like bad films because this I didn't forget how bad it was. Um, but I was reminded all over again. So it's Sears Film Music. And again, let's just dwell on that for a minute. Sia, is she known for filmmaking? No. What's her primary career again? Singing. Singing. And she did a good job. Didn't have an issue when she was singing. I was like, yeah, pretty good. Well done. (laughs) Uh, Why'd she do this? It was her directorial debut and she co-wrote it. Um, and I think it should be enough to realise that she sh- she should never do that ever again. <laughs> she should never. It was so, so badly done from, like, inception to finish. All the way around it. 
So I first became aware of it, I think, after the first round of criticism came out, after the trailer came out, which I think was around November, December last year. I think it was, yeah, November 2020. That's when the trailer released and we got the tweets. We did get the tweets. And I think we should start with the tweets because... Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. Right, so... (laughs) And let's just say as well, before we start, this was a trailer. How many people have been this offended by a trailer before? And then, so not only is the trailer offensive for so many reasons the response becomes even more offensive not just for her denying that she's done anything wrong for the things she then says afterwards and the things that are revealed um so yeah take it away she trader comes out everyone sees Mm -hmm. that it's her muse maddie ziegler in the titular role music who is a non-verbal autistic girl but, and may we add, because this becomes a bit more relevant later, it's never said in the film that she has autism. No. Uh, because Sia is afraid of offending people. Apparently. <laughs> Everything else, but the one thing she was afraid of was labelling someone with autism. Um, people, like, that doesn't offend people. No. no. It was the fact that you made her a caricature that offended people. Exactly. So, Maddie Ziegler is neurotypical. So people are like, if you need an actor at short notice, I am an autistic actor who could, you know, act in this role. Yeah. Sia's responses are just so childish. And we did cover it when it first came out, but it's weird. Like, it was weird that this woman is in charge of her Twitter account this way when she's like... It seems childish. It seems so childish. At this point, she's got such like a influence in media. So she says, when the person says like you know this is like offensive this isn't good yeah grr fuckity fuck why don't you watch my film before you judge it fury in capital letters this is how the one that gets an adult me right that's that. what i mean how do you adult write that i can't I, how you know when you type you do sometimes type but not how you would usually talk yeah. but it's kind of similar to how I you think would talk so. if that's how sia actually talks no wonder she's like besties with a teenager yeah. Because what is that? Like, that is non-adult's behaviour. Oh, I hated that one, I think, I hate it. It sticks with me. That was why when I first started looking again at the tweets, I was like, maybe we won't delve into it too much. As soon as I saw that, I was like, we need to. Because there's so much to unpack through each tweet. (laughs) There's a lot. It's like the... There's just no nuance. There's no... There's no... Mm -hmm. Nothing except, like... So she reacts badly when people bring to her valid criticism. And there's a lot of people with autism who are saying... This isn't good enough. Like you've you've yep. specifically been like this is your love letter to autism and the autistic community. Um we we don't want it. No, thank you. This no. is this is yep. not good. Um she also says I tried to cast uh some with in quotes special abilities kids to be in the film, yep. but the one young girl found the experience quote unquote unpleasant and stressful and that it would be cruel to cast a non-verbal person in this role. So... I, to begin with, do not believe that. No. I don't believe it because there is an interview with her in 2015 when she says that she has written a film for Maddie. She never says that she's recast Maddie in a role. She says she's written the film for her. So I feel like she then started to panic that she was getting hate and tried to make up for it. I don't believe this. I I think it's a lie. But even if it's not... You change the environment. Yeah. 
if you know that your film is being unpleasant and stressful for someone who actually has autism why aren't you changing it yeah. immediately yeah because everyone knows so i guess we'll get onto it more in a bit the colors the lights everything about this film was visually a lot yeah which can be an issue sometimes um because of what do you call it like um over stimulation stimulation yeah like yeah which a lot of people with autism have and they have to like be aware of yeah so if you were aware while filming that someone with autism was struggling with that why wouldn't you change it yeah because it's clearly that just proves she wasn't listening to people with autism and she did she didn't have anybody with autism around her either i think and all people who weren't going to disagree with her i think she definitely seems like the case if she was surrounded by people who possibly had autism they weren't she wasn't going to listen to them if they had a differing view and i i I think it's another interview she does i don't know if it's in the press junket thing because those Mm. interviews she does for like variety we'll get into it because they're so bad they're messy she like hangs herself with her own rope it's ridiculous yeah she says that she would never want to work she would never want this film without maddie in it and she wouldn't have made it without maddie so again like you had no intention of casting somebody exactly you just encouraged oh so when maddie's interviewed for it she mentions the way she researched the role um which included watching meltdown videos on youtube which are when children with autism have a meltdown and they are yeah. overstimulated and you know the these people say their body's just like kind of shut down and it's like a fight or flight thing and um the pet so the some parents for some reason film their children in this vulnerable state yeah. and then upload it to youtube so that's what maddie has been watching but again she's 14 so we can't yeah, exactly put you know she is a child in this situation but as well why didn't sia tell her like yeah. sia could have if she was so wanted to work with people with autism, she could have put her in touch with loads of different people, yeah. different experiences, families, so many different things. Because I, I still don't agree um, with neurotypical people playing neurodivergent people. But if you take the example of like uh, Rain Man, not not a great film for representation, yeah. but Dustin Hoffman had like spent. I think it was, it was a year, year yeah, yeah. with people with autism. Yeah. Um, so, and wasn't just watching meltdowns, was getting an understanding yeah. of them as people uh, instead of a caricature. And why didn't Sia suggest that? Yeah. Or something like that, if she had such this caring and understanding nature yeah. towards people. And I will say this again, this is not my own words, people with special abilities. Yeah. Because again, she... like refuses to say disabilities and will say special abilities which is a whole different issue yeah absolutely because it's patronizing yeah and that's special abilities oh all of it is just an absolute nightmare um so when in the variety interview that sia does with I, i don't know who the journalist is um it's a mess though it's so bad sia says uh so you know, the interviewer saying, you know, like, people had those backlash against you casting Maddie, who's neurotypical. So he says, mm-hmm. it's not ableism. Well, I suppose it is ableism, but it's actually nepotism because I wouldn't have made this movie without her. I don't want to make art without her. So, like... And you... So, <laughs> I recommend to go watch the interviewer... Uh, the interview and watch her as she says this. Yeah. Because it's so weird. It's bizarre. And she just says it so... Kind of jokily. Yeah. Like, she's like, yeah, I think it's nepotism. Why? 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 
Like, I, I, I feel like saying, why are you admitting that? But I feel like if she'd admitted this when the trailer came out and she was getting backlash, if yeah. she looked in the mirror and thought, actually, I am doing some stuff wrong yeah. and admitted it then, I'd be like, okay, well, she acknowledges that. But she only admitted it once she was getting the backlash and had insulted everyone, yeah. basically. Everyone that she could have. But to say that it's like... Well, actually, it's not... Ab- no, actually, it is ableism. <laughs> like, it's so weird. To it's it. so weird. And then be like, but no, the actually, she it's says not just it's ableism. It's also nepotism. So, like, I'm why fine with the nepotism. Why did she bring that up? That's what she said. Why did she, br- why did she bring it up? Yeah, but, like, why... Whenever I watch it, I'm like, why are you bringing this up? <laughs> no one even asked. We could all see for ourselves that there was probably nepotism going on. Yep. Why did you bring it up? Oh, it's... Oh, it's just... Oh. And then, like, strike number 45 or whatever it is against Sia... The consultant she uses for the show um, is the charity Autism Speaks, which, yeah. you know, if you're, I can't speak on behalf of like all autistic people or any autistic people because I'm not autistic, mm-hmm. but it's the criticism against Autism Speaks is awful. They spread misinformation about vaccines causing autism and they don't really advocate for things that help autistic people. They are advocating for the eradication of autism. They want to cure it. They want to cure it. They want to find a cure. And they put these awful ad campaigns out where they're like, I am autism. I will break up your family and bankrupt you and make you miserable for your whole life. And it's like, oh, well, I don't think that's the message. That's not a supportive environment for the people you say you want to help. If you Google autism speaks within a millisecond obviously the results come up mm-hmm. um what do you call it like the autocomplete results yeah. uh the third one is eugenics personally i don't think i'd work with a group where the third autocompleted no. google search was eugenics next to their name yeah and someone points this so someone points out to sia um, being like, I've just looked into it, and you're, you know, you're, um, yeah. you're working with Autism Speaks, and they're really bad. She responds with a tweet: "Oh shit, Autism Speaks came on board long after the film was finished, four years, in fact. I had no idea it was such a polarizing group." The thing that this this is what makes me laugh and kind of proves that she was just trying to um, protect herself, and this is why I think she's lying about casting a non-verbal child in the role originally. Yeah. Because she originally brings up Autism Speaks in the first place to be like, I actually did work with a charity and I was informed. <laughs> and then as soon as someone is like, well, that charity's not great, her response is, well, they didn't come on until like way after the film was done. <laughs> so what was it? What's the truth? Yeah. Like, what is the truth? Explain. Um, <laughs> again, in this variety interview, the interviewer, Casually. So they're both bad people in this interview scenario. The interviewer compares non-speaking people to inanimate objects like wigs or... I don't know if she says wigs or lamps. I don't know. It would make sense if she says wigs because Sia is all about wigs, isn't she? Big wigs. But it could also be a lamp. She talks very quickly and I didn't understand it. So, but terrible inanimate object. Sia... Nodding ahead and smiling throughout this whole section. Yeah, the whole. This is why I'm saying go watch the interview. It's so weird. She doesn't come across as a like rational person in it. No, it's so weird. She smiles throughout very uncomfortable moments, and I don't get it. Yeah, so basically being like, yeah, I com- I completely see um and um uh, autistic people as inanimate objects, and like then the interviewer says. 
but it was you they, they've got such a rich interior world and you brought that to life and you would have Who, no idea like, like <laughs> i don't want to hate on this interview too much but what the hell like what was she playing at because if i was told by variety to go and interview sia after she'd had all this backlash mm. i would think and maybe this isn't the right thing to do the way that I'm going to be a great journalist here and get Variety all the clicks that they need <laughs> is to rinse this woman. Yeah. I'm going to bring up every uncomfortable thing and I'm going to see how she reacts to it. I would have brought up the tweets. I would have read them back to her. I would have said, how do you feel about that? I would have talked to people with autism and said, "Can you like? is there anything you want to say to see her? Yep. I would have rinsed her. Don't know what this woman was playing at because no. she was just like, ha ha, yeah, you, you treat people with autism like they're objects. Huh? That's funny. And Sia's like, yeah, huh? isn't that funny? Isn't that a good artistic choice for me? Yeah. Isn't it great that I I was the one to show yeah. the rich interior me. world of these non-verbal people? And it's just so patronizing. It really reinforces like when a lot of people talk about how music in the film is a kind of pet that she doesn't yeah. have like she doesn't have a story arc. She's just kind of there to Don't aid give her the sister. interests or dislikes. No, or... nothing. She's so two D except yeah. for the um dance scenes. Like but Essentially oh. Sia wrote a like a rom com and yeah. then decided to just throw in a non verbal child into that and then be like, Yep. Yeah, look what fine. I did. Give me an applause. No one wants to. You messed up, but just admit yeah. it. She also used, um, I think it might be in this interview, she uses terms like high-functioning and low-functioning autistic, yep. uh, which is a classification which was created during the Nazi era to classify those who could work for the Nazis and those that um, were murdered in the concentration camps. So really don't, you know, we don't really use bit, the term Asperger's anymore, but exactly. it's like, because but of it's this... it's such a common thing because like people are not educated. A lot of people do use the term high-functioning and low-functioning because yeah. I don't think they know the history and they no. think that's the right thing to do. If you had researched something, as she says, for three years before you get down to making it, yeah. you would know. So uh, either your research was terrible or you didn't actually do it. I yeah. did one module at university centred around... Uh, disabilities like autism and literature mm -hmm. i seem to know more than sia does on the topic you know more than sia does on the topic most people do yeah three, where was this three years of research where that was, was just it? that was just us in the in our bedrooms with yeah. on a computer like yeah. genuinely like <laughs> what was she and doing like, you know if you learn these things later on because you haven't really looked into it fair enough she yeah. made a film about it you need to research more you need to talk to people you need to talk mm -hmm. to people with autism and people who research it and ev every person you can if you're trying to represent an experience that you haven't experienced yourself yeah. why wouldn't you be talking to literally everyone or listen it like because i yeah, listening, tried to listening makes so much of an effort that everything I read was written by an autistic person. Everything yeah. I watched was from an autistic person's point of view on the topic because, like, we, we, we're we very aware that you can't... We're not trying to talk over no. people's voices because, you know, we're not autistic. So, like, that has an impact on the way that we present it. It's to say, no, we're actually... this. We're doing what Sia didn't do and we're listening yeah. to the community that she says she's representing, but damaged... Oh, like she could have done she's so endangered much people she and has we'll endangered people that, but she yeah. has endangered people's lives oh so 
Should we go to the film itself, or is there any oh, more horrific more tweet. tweets? Just one more. So, <laughs> and it, this is what she tweets yeah. uh, to defend herself again. I cast 13 neurotypical people, three trans folk, and not as fucking prostitutes or drug addicts, but as doctors, nurses, and singers. Fucking sad nobody's even seen the dang movie. My heart has always been in the right place. I've got a couple things to say. <laughs> Why just choose to insult sex workers and addicts for no reason? When yep. you're already insulting so many people and you just decide to insult them as well, great. You're insulting trans people? Yep. Disabled people, sex workers, and addicts. No reason well for it. No reason. Um, you do not deserve a round of applause for just casting people who yeah. should always be being cast. I know it's not the norm, but when people do it, I don't think you deserve to be given a round of applause for tra- casting trans people. Yeah. Yeah. So what? You should have been doing it. Why are you not casting them and everything? Like that should why be a norm the main, for us. Why aren't they the main character? Yeah, um, I'm not. And, and again, people like why is the person like? Who? Why have you cast Maddie Ziegler? Basically, I'm still not mm. going to give you a round of applause for doing the bare minimum and casting people as background actors. Yeah, uh, because then that's not that's not giving people the opportunity. That's not telling a different kind of story. Yeah, exactly. And also, no one's first argument against this whole film and Sia when the trailer came out was that her heart wasn't in the right place. I think people no. could see that she hadn't done this in a malicious way. It yeah. just was not well thought out. It was ignorant and it wasn't research. If she had just admitted that immediately, everyone would have been would have probably seen that and said, well, her heart was in the right place, but she hasn't researched it. And this is a lesson. No one else do this. But yeah. instead, she decided to get aggressive uh she tweeted some very offensive things and then yeah i don't i don't see her heart as being in the right place anymore because of everything she said that was horrific and i think she lied i think she lied about um casting someone who wasn't maddie ziegler i think she always intended it to be maddie yeah and i don't know why she isn't just upfront about that i think because she's trying to I don't know why she doesn't have a pr team on this because you know i think that's why they probably are like Please well, that's why she stop. deleted her Twitter account after this because it was like she couldn't handle it anymore. But I don't understand her responses and that she didn't realise that when you're actually having a conversation on an interview that's going to be broadcast, people people can still find that. Like, the internet is forever. You can yep. go back. It's new, but it's like, there's a lot on it. So people yep. will do the digging. People will do their research. They do research better than you do. And they will find when you go, I've written a film for Mighty Siegler, it's going to be great. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> like, there is all this evidence, but I think you, she's forgotten it. Like, she yeah. must have forgot that she As said you half could, this stuff. You must have. Yeah, you will oh, yeah. forget these things. I feel but like also, it's a big thing these, to lie about. Yeah, I know. We do this podcast, like, every weekend. There's probably stuff we said in the first one or, like, the first few that we're like, I have no idea ever saying that. <laughs> and I wouldn't remember it. So I get yep. that you would forget it, but it's just so ironic when it's mm-hmm. then used again a few years later. Um, <laughs> so she probably forgot she said it, but oh, it, it it's incredible. Like, that's the best thing about it. Just that <laughs> you could literally contradict herself. Yeah. But yeah, on to the film, I guess. The film itself. So the plot is fairly easy to um to summarize um it's really about music's uh drug dealing alcoholic recovering half-sister zoo whose Mm -hmm. full name um in the thing is called kazoo i I don't know what she was thinking Uh, with this uh, so music and kazoo are 
half-sisters. Uh, Zoo is played by Kate Hudson, who's got a buzz cut, um, which I think is the most interesting yeah. thing about her in that. Um, so she becomes the care of her sister after the grandmother dies. Because um, apparently, like, social services don't exist in this <laughs> realm and universe that Sia has come up with. Hard. And they would just, you know, immediately, as soon as her grand dies, she gets sent to this... Yeah. She's a drug dealer, but wasn't she? is she not also, like... And she's an alcoholic, I think. Yeah. She's not. So maybe if social services existed, and social services aren't great either, but if they had, they maybe wouldn't have placed this <laughs> child with her sister. Because it yeah, might not be the right decision. Check. Yeah. Nothing. Like, if no. this happens in real life, isn't there someone that goes around to check everything's all right? a social worker, yeah. yeah. They go quite often. Uh, Especially if it's a child that's got, yeah. like, a disability. Like, there's... And There's different things going on. Kazoo, oh god, Kazoo never goes out of a way to educate herself in anything. I feel if I was put in her mm-hmm. situation, I'd be reading every book available to me. I'd be watching documentaries. Yep. I'd be talking to people because I'd want to be able to treat this child right and do the right things yep. and not traumatize it as she yeah. pretty much does. Yep. So she just full barrels into uh not coping with caring for a sister after doing no research she's helped out by a kind community so she has to rely on other people to teach her the ways of yep. compassion yep. um for her sibling so that's not great and then it's really music's just there as a side character after that to further the love story between yeah between ebo and zoo yeah and i feel like one of the interesting things is um, Sia pretty much ex- um, admits that she kind of just copied Rain Man um, and I feel you see that in the way she's written Kazoo in the, the sort of like I'm annoyed at the fact I've been put in this situation because mm. it kind of is the same plot they get like put with their sibling and then they just get annoyed at them until magically at the end they find understanding and mm. they actually grow as a person from the experience yeah. Um I, it seems like, for one, yeah, it's problematic in so many ways, but also she has just stolen a film plot, basically. <laughs> Instead of taking from people's real-life experiences, she's yeah. stolen from a film that hasn't really aged very well. No. <laughs> no. So. And then did less research than that bad film yeah, did. Exactly. <laughs> like, because like at least, like I feel like a lot of people quote that film and be like, but, you know, Dustin Hoffman did a good job. For the time, yeah, like that was a lot of people's first introduction to autism was through that film, which is pretty good, but it doesn't stand up today. No. You wouldn't compare it to today's standards because that, you know, we've moved on. Yeah. Well, you'd hope we moved on. Well, apparently we haven't. Or (laughs) Sia hasn't. There's also like random problem plot lines that are just never followed up for everyone. So like, I suppose zoo's drug addiction or alcoholism is the main focus because she struggles with that but ebo has hiv and they just ignore like they mention it in like one scene and then they just move on i don't know why she put that in and it seems a little bit problematic to me that she kind of seems like a stereotypey thing yeah that she i think he's meant to be Ghanaian in it and um she kind of uses him as a caricature again and is like, yeah, he's going to have HIV. Um, but we're not going to... Yeah, people have pointed out it's it's kind of like a magical Negro yeah, trope. Literally, yeah, literally. But, like, it's not like she wrote him as a 
very big character and we get to explore his HIV, then I'd be like, well, she's probably not just creating a caricature here. But no, it's just mentioned. It's not a big part. It's not a big part of the film. Um, He also had a brother that had autism as well and is dead. And I think they ask, why is he dead? And it's something like, yeah, in my country... Uh, they don't have as much of an understanding for this. What? Uh, yeah, I know. I'm oh sorry, no. God. Like, it, it just seems insulting. Like, she's just created a caricature. Um, and it just seems like she's trying to be white saviour. She's trying to save everyone and just represent everyone. But instead, she's creating caricatures. So. And she did it with inserting herself um, in the film as a lovely little cameo. Mm-hmm. She's wearing this green face mask yeah and so she meets with the drug dealer and she brings music with her and it's like i'm buying on these drugs to fly to hades so i'm gonna put them on a private jet and send them to haiti because um it's pop stars without borders it's like oh my god this is this is what you think of yourself sia this is this is your moment of self-awareness but then she still makes the film, so she's clearly not self-aware <laughs> enough. Like she sees yeah. herself, like she sees the problem of herself putting herself into the savior position. That's annoying. Yeah. But then does it like just still does it? And where? <laughs> what? And what's happening with your brain? What's going on? And it's just such like a a basic under or a a neurotypical person's basic understanding of what the autistic experience might be like or living with somebody who has autism might be like like so they give music an aac device to help her communicate because she is nonverbal. um and so the neurotypical character's like you can press the i'm happy and i'm sad button to express how you feel but like this device Mm -hmm. um people it's not usually got like thousands of unique words programmed yeah it just immediately like reduces the intellectual capabilities of nonverbal yeah. people who you know have their own like have are able to communicate just not verbally it's yep. di- it's just a different way to communicate um there was a 13 year old naoki higashida who's an autistic, yes. autistic japanese boy yep. who has limited verbal skills wrote his best-selling memoir in 2013 the reasons i jump using an alphabet grid and it allowed him to express his interior life which he's often said was underestimated I... this was like what how many years ago this I oh the, like... the memoir came out two years before yeah. sia started f- filming yeah i really recommend this book if you actually want to um hear from someone's perspective with autism because it's yeah. like and also children i feel like people don't always have a lot of understanding for children with autism especially if they see them having a meltdown in public they don't really yeah. know why and they don't understand it it gives you so much more understanding and it's so well written and it's great and i i can't believe that this would be written and published and then two years at, like year sia's doing all this research and she's not yeah. reading a very popular book like it was a bestseller she didn't manage to get her hands on this book and realize that she was portraying something very insulting like she could have spoken to this boy or like written to him or something and yeah she's famous enough yeah gotten more of an understanding from it than she did so yeah just you know opportunities to be bad and she just takes all of them uh so well i think we should dive into the music video interludes um yeah 
which are to demonstrate how music actually sees the world. And they're filled with like really bright colours, lots of dancing, exaggerated facial movements, which is very like mimicking yeah. and caricaturing, um, stimming and, you know, yeah. what And experience. also, let's not forget, they also include blackface for some reason. Yeah. Why? Why, Sia? What was that about, You've Sia? already offended enough people. Why include so, yeah. this? So the the opening musical number, we see Maddie Ziegler in what does appear to be blackface, essentially. Yeah. I don't really know why. I don't know why that was a plot point, but it's definitely not her skin tone at all. No. <laughs> and it's not and like a light tan. Kind of yeah, the hair. Braided. It's braided. You know, it's not a strange way. It's like, very it's strange. Just, <laughs> I don't get it. That's one of the weirdest bits for me. I don't know why she did that. Because like, we never see Maddie Ziegler music's hair like that. It's blonde, no. it's in plaits. But for some reason in this, it's braided and dark. And her skin is darker. And her hair's not really like that in any other no. of the... In the video bits. Videos, yeah. yeah. I don't get it. I honestly don't know. I'd love to hear what she has to say for that. I think she's just ignored it. I think, like, with all the other stuff that was just piled on top of her, she was like, <laughs> let's just leave that one out of the... <laughs> God, it's awful. <laughs> so, as we kind of mentioned before, it's very... A lot of autistic people talk about how overstimulating it is. Yeah. Um, I think one in four autistic people have epilepsy as yeah. well, so it could literally cause an epilepsy fit. And there's no warning. Um, no, warning there's no warning. Nothing on it. It's terrible. Um, so it's it's might be difficult for some autistic people to watch, but it would definitely be overwhelming for autistic performers to perform. Yeah. Which again, as we said, might have been the reason that um there's just no there's no bottom in her lie. No. Like she didn't design any of it for an autistic actor to be able to perform. As or even we have watch. Like there yeah. it, shouldn't this film be something that they can watch and enjoy? And no, it's not. <laughs> she was just like, We're not gonna we're not gonna give you the opportunity for this. You um you, it's not for you, is it though? <laughs> it's uh, it's about like, autistic the fact people, there was but it's no not for you. Warning. There was no warning because, yeah. like, it, it's just not inclusive in any way for no. anyone. Because, like, why there should have been a like an epilepsy warning anyway. Yeah, and she didn't. What? I'm so confused. <laughs> what? Oh, it's terrible. So bad. Should we talk about the restraint scenes? Yeah, I do kind of want to mention a content warning here um it, it's probably gonna have a bit of a content warning for this whole podcast episode yeah but this bit might get a bit um a bit darker because i i'm gonna mention some like real life cases of this so if you don't want to hear that maybe skip 10 minutes ahead and you should be yeah. fine um but essentially the film includes two restraint scenes they were leaked beforehand so people had seen them and mm. there were some people saying well hold off till it comes out because maybe they're condemning th these things they're not mm. um one of the restraints they show is um kate hudson's character kazoo gets on top of music and pushes her face down it's got a particular name that restraint i can't remember i it think right it's now. there's one that's prone yeah and the other one is i can't remember the name of the other one i think Sorry. this one might be prone 
I think this one might be pro, the first yeah. one. The first one, I think she doesn't have her face down, and that's done by Ebo. Um, Ebo. It's still terrible. She does not know yeah. this man. She in the scene is purely asking for her hair to be plaited, and is like panicking because it's not happening. And instead yeah. of just dealing with that, they choose to restrain her. But then the second one. Again, they don't deal with whatever problem she's having. They don't try and calm mm. her down. They just go straight to restraint, face yeah. down on the ground. These things can be fatal. So yeah. there is an article written by uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Tidd, I think, uh, called Why Removing Restraint Scenes is Not Nearly Enough. It's about music. Um, she, Her own son was restrained and secluded 745 times <gasps> in school. Oh my god. Yeah, like that's and she says now it's traumatized. So she has two sons with she has two sons with autism. One of them is nonverbal. Can you mm. imagine the amount of trauma that is causing? Oh. And they and so it, how offensive it is to then see that advocated for in a film. And then one of the sadder things is that these ca- these can be lethal, particularly the face down yeah. one. So one example of that is Max Benson who was 13 and died being held in this position at school. Um, Mm -hmm. A lawsuit alleges that staff members restrained him for nearly two hours, even as he vomited and urinated on himself. So this is the sort of thing that this film is advocating for. They never say it's a bad thing. They say it's good. They say it's helpful. I'm crushing her with my love. Like, that's what they say. Yeah. So people will think, oh, okay, well, I watched what I, you know, I saw what happened. I saw a visualization of it. I can do that. And then you might kill somebody. Yeah. And like, they, so people die from positional asphyxia. Mm-hmm. So you're literally choking yeah. and you can't breathe um, the way, yeah. Um, and then those that, you know, it happens to have like lifelong ongoing trauma yep and like you said there's no trigger warning trigger warning on this film for it there's no discussion about the different practices or whether it was right whether it was wrong they could have put in a conversation where Ebo does it once kate hudson's character says i don't like that but i don't like that didn't that kid die from it like they could have just had something like that but because it's so negligent it's like this is the way to do it and it's like no you have to be trained and it's always used as a last resort and it's like, no, this is the first thing that they go to. It is absolutely... Oh, it's and just, also... Um, it's ir- irreprehensible, I think. The Jennifer Tidd article where she, she writes about it, she says in the scene, music isn't endangering anyone. She's not endangering yeah. herself or anyone else. So they could have... Li- not that that's a reason to do it anyway. No. But either way, they could have just spoken to her and yeah. helped her and calmed her down and instead they chose to traumatize and recommend doing that yeah again I, and again this will continue to happen in schools and it will continue yeah. to be used and advocated for in homes and stuff like that because of this film because it never yeah. said that was a bad thing so where was the research here why like it took me a couple of minutes to find stories of people that this had happened to yeah, not even minutes, seconds. So where was your three yeah. years of research? Why didn't you yeah, find wh- the deaths that happened? What were you researching? Yeah. Because if you're researching like to in, and I'm putting this in vert comms to like teach Kate yeah. Hudson how to do that restraint. Yeah, 
then how, surely yeah. the next thing that comes up would be the dangers of it and the people that died from it yeah. because like that's that's what like you said that's what i found as yeah. well like instantly people were condemning it and talking about how traumatizing it is i found to have charities that done to you. immediately i think the jennifer yes. said article is for a charity that is trying to stop that happening yeah. So if it took me seconds to find that, then yeah, if, like you're saying, if she's researching just the term, why it's done, stuff like that, why didn't you come across charities or organisations or yeah. anything? That were condemning it and actually, oh, it's just, it's been... So she does actually apologise for this um, after the film comes out, stating music in no way condemns or recommends the use of restraint on autistic people, even though your film is an endorsement of it. Because yeah. you've had two restraint scenes in it. Mm-hmm. She says, I plan to remove the restraint scenes from all future printings. So why not just take them oh, and take them down now? Because it was, or, again, it was a, uh, what, like a virtual release. It didn't go to cinemas. Yeah. So she could have yeah. immediately taken it out altogether. Yeah. Um, Edited it out. And also um, the timing yes. of this. She does it just after she's been nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah. That doesn't seem sincere. No. When the original criticism came up, she did nothing. Exactly. And she was defensive mm-hmm. and um, petty about it. Yeah. So now she says that she listened to the wrong people. It's her responsibility. My research was clearly not thorough enough, not wide enough. And then she deletes her Twitter account. Uh, so she doesn't have to engage with what other people are saying anymore. She doesn't have to, you know, get that little notification when people oh are like, God. "Are you joking me? Yeah. You're saying you're you did three years worth of research and it wasn't shit enough." At research, because like, <laughs> what was she, well, she doing didn't do in those any. three years? Yeah, what was she doing? What did she do? Did she find a just... bunch of outdated books? Did she just go to the library and be like, pick up any <laughs> random thing from the eighties? Being think, like, I this really think backwards. She didn't do research. She just watched Rain Man. She also said Forrest Gump was inspiration as well. Yeah, so she probably I watched Rain Man and Forrest Gump on repeat for three years until she had it down, and that's, that's all it. she used. Just yeah. that. I think she probably I, I only watched that. film yeah. depictions, and that was it. And film depictions. I can't, and I'm not speaking for anyone, but I can't think personally of a good representation of autism in film off the top of my head. No. Not one that has been solely about that. There was um somebody, I think it was Jesse Gender, that I was watching a really good video about um where they discussed this, and she was saying that um oh, it's a film with Dakota, Dakota Fanning in it. Yeah. Um, who plays a girl with autism yep. who writes a script for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've seen that film. I have seen it. Yes, I can't remember what the I, name is, I though. No, neither can I. I'll find out. It's like such a pretty thing or something. Yeah. It's like something like that. Um, but she was saying that, that that's like kind of a better representation because yeah. actually the character has an arc. It's about the character's ambition, how she communicates, what she wants to do. But it's like not perfect. It's, they still could have cast the thousands of neuro- neurodivergent people yeah, in that exactly. role. They didn't have to cast Dakota Fanning, but actually it's a better representation. It's called than Please what Stand By if you want to watch it. Um, I think the reason it's better is it's not a caricature and that's all it takes yeah. to do It's a better. character. Yeah, it's a She's character. She's a character. They've given Which her like likes and dislikes. Yeah. That's all you need and to do. And also, um, I think because people respond well to it is because it's it's one person with autism it's not trying to represent autism yes. as a whole yeah which is why i think music falls into her character character as well because sia thought that she knew enough about autism when she clearly didn't no. to represent autism as a whole and yeah. the whole non-verbal experience and it's like what makes you think that you know what any of this is because clearly and i'm shocked by this because when just you saying so she did three years worth of research yeah. 
The film took four years to come out for a release. That's seven years yep. where different decisions could have been made, where she could have contacted someone, who she could have, if this was going to be like her magnum opus, she was going to change everything about it. Why was this the final product? And for the fact that those restraint scenes went through four years worth of editing, they were filmed, they were edited down, yep. they were like the process, they're watched by different people, producers have an input. The process of a film is so many like yes and no's. It gets cut and cut and cut and cut. And for two restraint scenes to make it into the final show that was released in the end, that I think speaks absolute volumes about like what Sia thought yeah. was important. Like that was what she was like, this is how you deal with it. This is how you cope with yeah. it. And it's so dangerous. How did no one stop her? And I think as well, like, and I'm not I'm not blaming the actors in it, but people like Kate Hudson do not research roles before you take them either like she's a mother she has children yeah did she not think when she was doing the restraining scenes i wouldn't want to do this to my child so why would i you know do it here and then maybe research it i'm not blaming her but i just i'm surprised that thought never crossed her mind that you maybe wouldn't want to do that to your child or any child because i think if i saw that in person with no prior knowledge of anything i would think I really don't like that. It it yeah. looks bad and I don't like it. So it just, it seems strange to me that it didn't cross anyone's mind. I just, did Sia just have like an absolute vice grip over everything and there wasn't room for, does she not realise that actually, as opposed to writing something, a film is a, like, it's just a collaborative project. Like you cannot be the, sole, you can be the sole voice as a director, but you need the collaboration of other people I don't know who Sia has around her in her life yeah but it's bad why because why so fair enough she writes the film but who who then said to her she can direct because someone said that as well someone encouraged her to direct film she's got no experience and she's got producers like she had money for it it was a you know I don't know how many millions but it'll be a multi-million dollar budget think how many people will work on that film and no one felt comfortable enough to say to her, or no one knew, to say, maybe don't cast Maddie Ziegler in this role. Maybe. Just maybe consider casting someone else. Mm. Or, She's probably just surrounded by people who I think just agree with her. Even if she had casted someone who wasn't Maddie Ziegler, if she casted someone who was neurodivergent, it wouldn't make the film any better. Because no. it's still a caricature and it's still offensive and it's still inspiration porn and there's still 50 other million problems with it that don't even go into disability the racism yeah for one like (laughs) stuff like that it's weird yeah and i think it's when i read um a couple of essays by nonverbal people um and the one written by the activist harry shivasanan um he writes in a boy like me which oh you know we'll have tons of things linked so definitely definitely go and check them out um that it's like this was an opportunity to see nonverbal people yep. represented like she had the funding she had the backing she had the opportunity and this is what she chose yeah. to do with it and it's not good enough and it's and it's it's for it to get a global global golden globe nomination is such a smack in the face because that's what always happens as we've yeah. said in our um should straight people play gay yeah. roles that it's the the straight people doing it are doing it for the Oscar. They're doing it so that they get the recognition. It's like, oh, well done. You did that out. You did that. 
out of nowhere like you had to really put yourself yeah. through it you, like maddie ziegler had to pretend to have yeah, autism I mean, so we should support her for that maddie ziegler probably would have had like a nomination for something because that's the yeah. sort of thing that happens that's normal they kate hudson got so kate hudson got a nomination why? and it got nominated for best yeah musical like that. comedy but why did kate like yeah <laughs> no offense to kate hudson but not a best work like take away everything else but it wasn't the best acting no and also she had no chemistry with anyone in that film i didn't believe any of the relationships with anyone no i think kate hudson was supposed to be the stand-in for see i think see i think she chose an actor actor who'd like looked like her a little bit and felt like she could impose her will upon and then you get like a really boring act like a really boring yeah. performance. From... And yeah, blame the director for that. Because oh. <laughs> I've seen Kate Hudson in other things, and she's she can be pretty good. Yeah, she's an alright actor. This was yeah. pretty bad acting, so I think I know this where blame might lie. Oh, entirely <laughs> with Sia. And I think I read an article in Time by Sarah, uh, Sarah Kuchak, mm-hmm. um, where she describes Sia's problem best when querying the difference between creative expression and actual meaningful representation she says what about the selfishness of artists who want to tell disabled stories and audiences who want to enjoy them without ever once having to consider the real life counterparts i'm not going to cry too hard for the creative freedom of abled artists when they still have access to far more resources and support for disability narratives than disabled artists do nor do i have much respect for the kind of creativity that can only imagine disabled people as tools of one's expression not as collaborators cast members or even valued members of the audience yeah and it's that's what's that's the whole thing is lacking like you're saying i'm doing this because i love autistic people but then you just remove them they're not there you remove them and you don't make it accessible for them so yeah at least if she she says this big thing about caring about people with autism so much and just yeah. loving them so much to the point that it's just patronizing like they're just people oh, yeah. and she does treat them a bit like pets um yeah if you cared that much why aren't you at least making the film accessible it's not yeah. accessible for anyone it doesn't have um a warning at the beginning i mean it, it, i think it does now but it didn't uh it's not suitable. The lights are glaring and stuff like that. It's too bright. She's not made it accessible. So in the very least, if she'd made a film that was offensive but still made it accessible, I'd be like, well, there is some yeah. level of caring about people there. <laughs> She's tried. And there was, yeah. There's nothing. There's no evidence that she actually cares in this film. No. Not one bit. <laughs> And doesn't and doesn't and listen no ev- to it. Yeah, no evidence listen of it. listening, no evidence of research. There's nothing. The only evidence is that she has seen Rain Man. I think that is it. That's all I'm I getting. Right. I think she's just seen film depictions, and that's it. Yeah, there was um, when I was researching it. The, there was a petition created which had reached uh, 152,000 signatures to rescind the nominations from the Golden yep. Globes. Uh, Nina Skov Jensen, who co-created the petition with Rosanna Kataja, told Newsweek that she couldn't sleep at night when she learned the music was nominated. There are so many things wrong with the movie and nominating it for not for not one but two Golden Globes screams we don't actually care about yep. you. The entertainment industry cannot continue profiting off our disabilities while simultaneously doing nothing to help us. So I think, and this is a charity that 
was set up in direct response to Sia. Mm-hmm. So instead of watching music and giving Sia any more money, watch Listen, um, which is available at communicationfirst.org, which is a film created by nonverbal autistic people um, about the experience of being yeah. <laughs> nonverbal autistic people. And it's five minutes long. They have a description of being restrained and actually, you know, in response to this. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to read out the how they began their project because I think it's incredibly telling yeah. the community's response to Sia's film. So on December 24th, 2020, the musician Sia publicly offered to fund Communication First to make an introductory short to her new movie, Music. The short was intended to help humanise and spread awareness about real non-speaking autistic people who were left out of music despite being the subject of the movie. After a team of non-speaking and autistic people brought together by Communication First in January 2021, previewed music and brought feedback and recommendations to Sia on how to improve it. They received no response from her team. In early February 2021, Communication First decided to move forward to produce a self-funded short by and with real non-speaking autistic people and to launch it in February 12th, 2021, the music US release date. So they did it anyway, because she was just like oh yeah I'll do it and then they were like this is terrible yes. and then she was like okay no 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 I don't know who's this I'm not here uh, yeah which doesn't surprise me in any way but yeah I think we should all no. go watch it um it's very good and I, I just kind of hope that we see better representation soon um <sighs> it's 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 getting on yeah. now like come I on I want to see like <laughs> do better I see people with autism actually getting to write the films about them as well though like i think that would yeah. be good because then there would be more understanding and stuff like that i want to see that i don't want them to be portrayed as burdens on families anymore it's such an no. old trope and it's offensive in so many ways but at the same time it just lacks creativity altogether as well yeah. so yeah. it's wrong in so many ways i mean obviously the, the it being so offensive is the most the biggest point but at the same time be more creative with your stories and this is why we need to hire yep. different people this is why they shouldn't be getting addison ray to do these sort of films they should be getting different people yeah. with different stories and we say it all the time just do better yeah it's not this is hard. why people don't have the education and they don't know stuff because you're letting films like music exist and be made yeah. and not putting money into different things that are actually going to educate people in like the lives of actual autistic people that's why people yeah. don't have education and they have backwards views yeah do better and it's not good no. enough netflix if you want to fund something maybe fund something like that please <laughs> please i definitely think you'd create more interesting content than um he's all that and it's not again we're not hating on addison ray but like no she doesn't need no. it she's fine yeah. she's got her own thing she doesn't need director di- directorial no. debuts as we've seen having a singer or a dancer have a directorial debut not necessarily the best thing no. to happen in the world no. is it sometimes it doesn't need to happen it doesn't leave it, it doesn't. be you don't need to do every <laughs> career have one because <laughs> we said the same like she was a journalist last time we talked about oh, God, yeah, right? and now she she's was. an actor and a director yeah, she was now you mention it. Jesus, that was like yeah, two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago. She's <laughs> from being a journalist she's hung on to being an actor a bit longer god it would annoy me yeah. anyway that's all my <laughs> thoughts on music the film i don't think any of you should yeah. go watch it um 
And no. then we say go watch much better things or read better things, <laughs> do a bit of research yourself. Go yeah. for it. Have a have a lovely <laughs> week just researching things. It'll be so fun. Um, yeah. And different experiences yes. to your own because that's how we have a more tolerant Isn't it world. just? <laughs> Isn't anyway, it just? that's your pop culture for this week, but we do like to end with TikToks. Um, we do. My you go TikTok for of the week it. is by at Jasmine in NYC. Uh, it will be on our Instagram on Saturday, but if you want to find yourself, go for it. And it is, she's talking about the press tour they're doing for June, and it's like an interview with Timothy Chalmay and Zendaya. And she's saying that Timothy has just given up on like clothing. And when she's first talking about it, I'm because she's covering what Timothy's wearing, and she's just showing Zendaya. Okay. Zendaya obviously looks stunning because she always does. Uh, but I'm thinking like, oh, maybe Timothy just showed up in like a t-shirt or something like that. He's yeah. wearing Slytherin merch. Why? No. Why? It's like a fleece. It looks so weird, and I don't know why he did it. I'm so confused. Um, <laughs> I was on board with the Wallace and Gromit oh, t-shirt loved he was wearing at one point. That was great. It's like during the Little Women <laughs> press tour, Wallace and Gromit. So maybe he is just a bit unhinged with what he wears in interviews, but it looks so weird. Like Slytherin. Zendaya, lovely little outfit, Slytherin merch right next to her. I... But why is it like... British UK TV, children's TV. I don't know. I know Harry Potter guess... is kind of universal, but Wallace and Gromit is not. <laughs> I don't know. That is weird. I honestly don't know. Maybe he's like a, is it an ang- an Anglophile? Maybe oh yeah, he's he one loves, of them. Loves but English. why? He's like, <laughs> he's like French. French yeah, he's more interesting. Anyway, what's your TikTok? Um, it's from Sasha Velour, nice. um, and they're doing a series Ooh. of looking at famous, um, it's like an art series where they make massive masks of mm-hmm. people. And so I'll probably post the one about Josephine Baker because it's incredible. So it's called Faces of Drag. And, um, she's just talking about the history of, um, different people who've really influenced drag. That's but the, good. the masks are yeah. beautiful and they're massive and they're getting like polished as they talk about it. So I think it's just a really clever like art yeah. installation piece um, that should definitely get all the love because they're so interesting. Like there's so many of them yep. now. Um, but they're great. What we like to love hear. It. Okay. Well, that's all I have to say today. So final words. Please follow our social media. We would really Please. appreciate it. It will be linked below. We also have a TikTok you can follow if you want. We put little clips up from the week. Um, we have YouTube. We do. And we also have a Patreon, like I said at the beginning. If you do have any spare change hanging around, give us a we listen. We talk about books. Yeah. More celebrities. Yeah, it's a little bit unhinged there, and we like it. <laughs> um, but I hope you have a lovely week, and I hope you enjoyed the topic today. Well, enjoyed's an odd word, but I hope you <laughs> learned something. You learned yeah, something. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Every day school I day. hope you learn to hate Sia. <laughs> yes, Oops. we are a Sia hate account forever and always. Forever and always. It's been I cemented. know we really we've we've been on the beat with this. We hated it from the beginning. <laughs> we don't jump on trends. <laughs> Journalism yeah, too. <laughs> as soon as she tweeted, "fuckity fuck." I was, I was on this podcast like you will not believe what Sia has said anyway I'm done I'm Fuck, officially fuckity fuck that's how we shall leave it today no what was the last bit she says what's the 
Oh, Fury! Dang oh, no, it. That was, it's Fury. It's Fury capitalized. Oh, Fury. Fury! Fury! Anyway, goodbye, guys. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>